0: Hi Tom, thanks so much for joining me at Gears Eds. How you been coping with this UK weather? Oh, it's fine, it's fine. Thanks for thanks for having me, man. It feels uh, it feels odd
1: being this side, but yeah, I, w- I want to ask, Are you ready to swap uh, seats? I'm nervous. I'm nervous. You know, I never get nervous before um, recording uh, my show, um, but yeah, something. Uh, it, it's very uh, it's very kind of exposing, isn't it? Doing a podcast because ultimately you yeah. tend to be talking about yourself and most people myself included don't necessarily in, enjoy that especially when you're going into a conversation knowing that that's exactly what's going to happen it's not like you're talking about something else and something about your past has yeah. popped up um so yeah a little more nervous than i am usually on a podcast i thought you know at first when you when you invited me on i was like that's ah, fine it's podcast isn't it i could do that easy easy says what i do all the time and then, as I started thinking about it more and more and more, I was like, "Hmm, interesting. I wonder how this will go." I,
0: I think I would I be the dif- I would be the opposite. So, if for me is easier, I think if someone asks me the questions, than me uh, asking the questions because I have some type of ADHD. I get too nervous after. <laughs> I have not, not I, I don't have an anxiety, but after if you see science, I start having cancer. I start uh, having more satirism. I don't know what is the correct word. So I start stuttering a little bit. And that you can see when I'm doing my mono, monologues. So if I'm speaking with you normally, I think it would be easier. Yeah. When, I, when I have to read a script, uh, I do for the, when I do the podcast alone, uh, I, I don't know, I start stuttering a lot and go like, mm, you know, uh, what am I going <laughs> to say now? <laughs> if you know what I mean. So it's a little bit hard. But, so, but this is yeah. your first time on the other side. Okay. Okay. So we're going to be easy. I hope so. And the, my first question that sure. I want to ask you is why you jump from Royal Navy to sim racing? Why this jump?
1: Uh oh, I think, I don't know. I feel like I have to kind of search into my soul to work that one out. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't planned. So I'd been in the Navy for 10 years. I, uh, I joined straight out of school. Um, I was you know, studying A-levels and I was going to go and do uh, law. My dad really wanted me to do law. Um, I had a couple of places at university in, uh, in the UK. Um, and then I had this kind of, I thought I'd say midlife crisis, but I would have been 17. So I guess very early life crisis where I suddenly realized I have no interest whatsoever in law. Why am I signing up to three years of studying something that I know literally nothing about? And everything I Google about it looks really freaking boring. I was like, why? Why why am I doing this? Like, it just felt like the right thing to do. All my friends were going to university to study something. And from what I could tell, studying law would give you a good job. And that just seemed to be like the default. It seemed to be that was like the easy route, right? Um, And then one day, I was reading up on uh, a bit of law, um, like in the school library. And I was like, falling asleep. Like, this is dull. I can't. Why am I doing this? And. Um, I've been in the army cadets, right. Um, and I love the army cadets. I love running around in the woods and doing all the weapons stuff. And I like the, like the team leadership element of it. That was great. So I was like, I'm going to go join the army. So I left sixth form halfway through, um, the day, um, drove in my little 1996 silver and rust 0.9 liter Fiat Punto, um, absolute beast. Still probably the car that I've loved the most uh, to this day. Um, drove I to the cruise. I love, uh,
0: I love my own. Uh, I didn't have a, a Punto, but I had families that have a Punto. My mother used to have a Panda uh, 750 oh, Panda. Fire yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and right. I, I think the car was, was really, really, really cool. I think. Uh, so I much think fun. It was probably, exactly. Because we were very light cars. And after, I remember when she swapped for the new Panda or the, when they swapped the version, you know, let go a little bit more narrow quite Mm. high i never feel comfortable on that car you know because car was too tall too skinny you know very soon you go on a a roundabout you feel that the car if you go a little bit more (laughs) that the car is is going a little bit outside
1: well because back then the, the tires the tires for those cars were so narrow they were they were tiny tiny um but yeah i loved it you know i did the classic thing i was you know i'd go to halfords and buy little bits to to you know speck out the car on the inside it was great it was a project so i uh yeah so i, so I drove off to the careers office um the idea being that i was going to go join the army but the army recruiting officer wasn't in so i ended up joining the navy instead um that, and that's a true story the 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 naval officer came out and said well you know whoever it was dave isn't in today." Uh, but why don't you join the Navy and be a Harrier Jump Jet pilot? And I was like, oh, my God, that would be amazing. So I signed up, um, joined the Navy, uh, started going through flight training when they scrapped all of the uh, jets. So I very quickly got moved from uh, flying to driving warships. So navigating, it was called Navigating Officer. So I um, drove aircraft carriers, mine hunters. Uh, my first like, proper job um, when I was out of training was on a frigate out in the the south um south atlantic falkland islands round into the east pacific and i got to travel to you know panama and colombia and the bahamas and miami it was great and then out to the uh the middle east and i was a boarding officer so okay. i was uh jumping out of helicopters onto um you know uh like fishing dows and stuff looking for drugs and weapons and stuff that was a lot of fun um I got really into that. I was a, a, a helicopter fast rope instructor, and the course to do that was nuts—just two weeks of just jumping out helicopters. So, absolutely loved it. Um, then we went out to the Mediterranean, and we did a lot of the refugee crisis off the coast of um, uh, Libya, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was obviously a crazy, crazy experience. Um, and off the back of that, I got recommended for command, so I was captain of a uh, patrol boat uh, in Newcastle, in the northeast of England uh which is why i've told this incredibly long protracted answer to your question mm-hmm. um but then i fell in love with newcastle like i absolutely love the city of newcastle but it's you know seven hours away from the nearest naval base um i met my girlfriend uh who i'm with now uh when i first came here and just decided that was it i was gonna leave the navy for newcastle really um but i girlfriend obviously you know she's listening <laughs> um and then i went off to the there's a local marine school to where i was going to convert my warship driving license into a superior driving license so i was going to go and do the superior thing that was my plan um but covid hit and i'd always i'd always been really into racing games from f1 2011 that was like my first well actually my first racing game was Tucker 2. Um, I love Toca 2, and then the original Gran Turismo's and Need for Speed, and you know, I was like properly into them as a kid. But when I was going through basic training, they had, uh, well, it would have been phase two, so after like the gnarly bit, um, there was a rec, like a recreation room, and it had a uh, Xbox with one game, and the game was F One 2011, and I got totally hooked on it. And actually, that's what made me a fan of motorsport was playing the game. Like I was a fan of the game first the sport second right
0: then the sports yeah yeah
1: so i played the game for uh years and years and years and then anyway covid hit and i had loads of spare time i was still going through my super yacht training um but even when i was doing that it was only like an hour a day or whatever so um i bought uh, a cockpit so i bought a somatic k2 rig um i got one of the old like play seat you know the fold-up play seat seats that i put onto the somatic k2 so i could fold it down and put it away in a in a cupboard. Had like a TV off the off the mounted off the wall, and I had a Thrustmaster T three hundred to start with, and then um, a TSPC um, after that, um, and just totally got hooked, absolutely hooked. So I raced in a, in a league called Invictus Racing League, um, another one called Grant Racing League. I'm not sure why it was called Grant. I don't think I ever asked because there was nobody in the league called Grant weird anyway so i got really really into sim racing and especially league racing right so i was racing on a wednesday night a guy called craig um ran a fantastic league uh, it's still going today in victor's racing league is really good and uh i uh couldn't do wednesday nights anymore so i started doing some reserves work. So i'm still in the the navy reserve um and that was on a wednesday so i had to leave and find another league And I found the process of trying to find another league really, really difficult. Uh, You know, you'd go into a Facebook group and you say, I'm looking for a league. And you get loads of links. You click on a link. like, perfect. Great. This is uh, an F1 league. Um, So, you know, I'd be in there. I'd go through the discord process. I chat to a few people and then say, right, can you send us your Xbox live username or whatever? I'm like, ah, I'm not on Xbox. I was on PlayStation back then. So it's like, I'm back out leave this Discord channel, go back to the links, find the next one. Okay, this is a PlayStation League. Perfect, right? So I joined the PlayStation League. And then it turns out they're in Australia. And so the races are at 3 a.m. I'm like, ah, okay, again, not ideal. So I come back out again. I was like, why isn't there just one place where you can go and say, I want to race on PlayStation, Formula One, on a Wednesday or a Thursday or, or whenever day it was. And I want it to be in Europe because A, ping, and B, time zone. And then just join so um mm-hmm. i figured i would try and make it so i i um i discovered wix which is like a there's a free version of it it's like a web building tool um and i built out a essentially just like a list right so it's just a page it was originally called rig Racers. that was the original name of uh of the site and the idea was that i was going to write articles. i actually wrote a few articles right about um uh like reviews so i reviewed the kit that i already had and then I started writing articles about news in sim racing. Um, it did all right. You know, I got a few thousand views on, the, on each article. And I was like, oh, this is cool. But then I started, then I did the list of leagues, but I would have to go out and speak to people and be like, right, uh, I see you run a league. Can you, and I'd ask them like six or seven questions. I would put that information on a page on my website. I go back out, find another league, ask them six or seven questions, get that information, put it on another page on my website. And obviously it would take forever um, and I had like, you know, 20, 25 leagues that I just kind of manually put on there. So then I was like, right, I'm going to make a form. So I made a form where I could just send a link to the form and they would fill in the information and I'd copy and paste it across. Um, and then I put the form on the website and then this like network effect started happening where people were f- seeing leagues on it and then giving out the form to other people who had leagues who would give the form to other people. to other, And then all of a sudden I had like, you know, a hundred forms and I was manually copying and pasting stuff across and it was just taking forever and I was like okay I've unleashed a beast here um, so then I learned how to make it so that you could log in, you can make a profile you can put your own information on and then you could update that information and then as soon as I did that it was right scalable because now the, the site would grow and I didn't have to do anything mm-hmm. um, other than just write my articles about sim racing and we had three, four, five hundred uh, leagues that joined in the first like six months. And then I thought, you know what, I think there's something here. I don't know what, but I think there's something here. Um, I had no business background whatsoever. Uh, so I just started watching YouTube videos about how to you know, do a startup or how to build a business. And I read mm-hmm. all the classic books that you read as a startup entrepreneur, which is like the Lean Startup, Entrepreneur Revolution, Mum Test, all the, like anybody who's kind of been in this world would have read like those uh buy about your time really great book that i've just read um so yeah i kind of like self taught myself how to do it and then um eventually i found that there was like a tech startup scene in newcastle a i found out what a tech startup've seen was because I had no idea what that meant um, and I started going to some events and found an accelerator right so an accelerator is like a course that you go on and they teach you like the build the the, the basic building blocks of how to build a business, how to build a team, how to work out what problem you 're solving, um how to test solutions, how to be scrappy m v p agile blah 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 all of the like the buzzwords in the startup world um and uh, so I applied for this. I went to an event where I was gonna, where they were announcing the opening of the applications for this accelerator, where it was a five month course and you get 2000 pounds a month for five months to support you like, you know, eating. Um, up to that point to fund myself doing this, cause I'd basically gone full time. This was in the winter of 21. Uh, I'd sold my flat and I sold my car. And by this point, my car was, I absolutely loved it. It was a BMW four series uh grand coupe and i loved it absolutely loved it so i sold that to be able to like support myself while i was building out this concept i didn't really know what it was going to become it took a bit of a punt really um, and then i went to this event and at the event i met my co-founder nick hill who uh is a very talented developer he was there with his own concept which was a very cool idea it was like um it was how you can how you can take different media from across the internet to build guides tutorials onboarding processes for companies etc so you'd have like a a big open screen and um on your your laptop or whatever just a just a blank canvas but then you would see like there's a tweet here with a thread with advice and then the links the link on those tweets would then kind of be embedded on this page where you could then see articles and then they might link to youtube videos you could kind of like you kind of build this channel through the internet and show different media types, right? It was a really cool idea. Anyway, but I met him at this event, told him what I was doing with Gridfinder, and he was a real avid gamer, absolutely loved gaming. Um, he he won like tens of thousands of euros playing Rocket League when he was at university like the previous year, like he was proper into the esports scene. Uh, I told him what I was doing with Gridfinder and he absolutely loved it. And then long story short, he ended up... Um, coming on to the team to be the CTO and co-founder at Gridfinder, um, And uh, we got a space on the accelerator together. So we did the five month uh, accelerator together, um, which was great. And we had, uh, and I had Chris, um, Chris was the, the, the other, the third co-founder at Gridfinder, but he hadn't come on full time. He had a family and bills to pay. So, like, you know, we had no money, so he couldn't come on full time. Um so yeah me and Nikhil took the the 10,000 pounds and the the course and then we kind of learned what we needed to to do and then uh yeah we just built it from there and we decided to build a league management system and you know we've done activations with with Porsche and Formula E and uh we you got the podcast now the team's grown to you know uh, nine people full time 11 in total we've we've raised over like half a million pounds in investment and to be honest with you it's all just Baffling. It's just totally and utterly yeah. baffling. It's we're we just kind of with st- like although it, we've been going three years now and we've got staff and HR and accountants and blah blah, blah and all this like business stuff it does still feel like we're exploring. But actually, what I've come to realize is that all good companies should continue to explore. Like, there's a great phrase which is like a startup is just a learning machine. So you just need to keep exploring, keep testing, keep learning. Um, and that's where we are now. So I can't even remember what the question was that you answered. Cause I just kind of went off. on
0: of No, it was to be <laughs> fair to be, uh, I say, to be fair, uh, after we are talking about why you jumped from Royal Navy to sim racing was to talk about the creation of grid finder, but you already explore almost all, all that parts. You know, he is, is perfect. Sorry, i stolen your question.
1: This yeah. <laughs> is what happens when you get two podcast hosts together to do a podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you already know a little bit what people are, uh, are expecting you to. But uh, let me only ask you. So, for example, let me focus now on the part of the podcast. Why are you mm. creating the podcast of GridFinder? Because it's completely different from what you guys was doing.
1: Yeah, it's totally different. It was a total side project. Again, it was another experiment. It was another punt. Like everything we do, it's a test first. Um, everything we build on Gridfinder, every activity we always do, it's we always consider it a test. So we're not married to the idea just because we've put a few hours into it, right? So we started the podcast um primarily really for networking. Because, you know, w- we wanted to partner with a lot of people. I wanted to speak to a lot of influencers, I wanted to get to know all the people that were in the in the sim racing industry. And when you message as CEO of a of a manufacturer like a sim racing manufacturer, um, and you say, "Hey, I've got this company called Gridfinder and we do this and that, and it'd be great to chat about how we can collaborate or maybe advertise on the platform, or you could do a tournament," blah blah, blah. you don't tend to get too much traction because you're essentially it's a you know it feels like a cold call, right? It feels like a yeah. it feels like a transactional conversation. Whereas when you email a CEO of a manufacturer and you say, hey, love your brand. Your story is really cool. It, we have a podcast where we talk about the people behind sim racing. It'd be great uh, if you'd be interested in being a guest. The return rate is much higher with basically 100%. Like, you know, everybody will come on and, and tell you their story. And it's been great. It's also been a really good opportunity for me once a week to just spend an hour not looking at my emails not looking at our our planning tools like our notion and our asana and blah 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 blah. um and just zoom out a bit and talk about the market that we're in talk about the sim racing industry that it's become um and just think and it's been really nice to just put an, uh, an hour aside every week to to talk with you know not just sit and think on my, on my own and just kind of reaffirm my own assumptions but to get someone else on the show and talk with them about their experiences their perspectives ask them questions about what they think and where is the industry going what are the problems that need to be solved and what their opinions are on the current solutions and it's been you know it's been hugely beneficial but you know it's done well uh, the podcast has done really well and it's grown to a, a size that we never thought that it would be and you know uh and more importantly, I've, I've been able to meet some really, really cool people that I still speak to now. You know, our, our phone book of people that we're we're close with is is much bigger because of the podcast. So, um, yeah, it was a test, but I say it's a successful test, and I really, really enjoy it. So, you know, we intend to go forever.
0: Really, okay. That was one of my one of my next questions. So, what will be the process for the podcast? If going to be something. That you think that can go for the next couple of years or is going to be a, like a project that, you know, in, probably in one more year will end? Well, this was it. This was the other thing, right? Because, you know, like we say, we always
1: say that everything um, is a test. And mm-hmm. I have to admit, the first thing I thought um, when we were discussing doing the podcast was, um, are we going to have enough guests? if we're going to do an episode every single week and every single week we're going to have a new guest, are we going to be able to last a whole year? Or do we want to do it in seasons? Like we'll do a 10-show run and then we'll stop for a couple of months and then do another 10-show run. But actually, like, we're at 60, 70 episodes now. I think we've actually had our 75th. Um, so it's been going over a year. And we're, like, we're like booked out until next year with guests, like great guests. Um, there's so many interesting inspiring people in sim racing that there's you, you know you never run short of good conversations to to have um
0: exactly
1: i mean we we try and keep a balance so we have esports drivers so we, we you know we went to the um the red bull factory and recorded uh, a podcast there we've been to the williams factory um and we've been to the alpine factory like we record with either the teams or the team managers. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've got a load of episodes that will be coming out soon that we recorded at Red Bull a couple of weeks ago, which was really, really cool. Um, and then it's like, you know, um, all the manufacturers, so Asatec, Fanatec, track racer, like, but there's loads that we, Visara, the, the there's loads that we haven't even touched yet. Like, you know, um, I still haven't spoken to anyone at next level racing. So that, that's someone else that will get on and, and, and speak to them about, how next level racing started, and what their journey is, and how they're different from other 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 companies, and get to know the people behind it, the thought process behind it. Because I think a lot of the time, as a sim racer, you see brands online on either Facebook or Reddit or Discord or whatever, and they'll put something up or be an advert, and there's always a lot of negative comments. You know, on 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 all of these brands, it doesn't matter if it's next level racing, track racer, Versare, it doesn't matter what sector of the market they're in, entry level or, you know turnkey solutions for ultra high net worth so There's always negative comments. Um and actually when you listen to the people who especially the guys that like started the company, like the first few people here that started and have this vision, they're so incredibly passionate about sim racing. It always makes me feel a little sad when I see the negative comments. Because I know that these people will be so genuinely like hurt by it because they've put their life and their passion poured into this product. And then someone will say Something flippant about you know the instructions. Page seven of the instructions were a mess. You guys need to sort your your company out. Like ah, oh, c- come on, like
0: <laughs> yeah, is is we are such a small uh, niche, and uh, we have to remember that sim racing is a hobby on the main for us. is a is a hobby, no? Probably for you, it's a bit more than a hobby. For, but we have content creators that sometimes they make such a good work. And straight away they put something they are calling every mm. different type of name just because they have a different opinion. And after the same thing applies for games. If it's, it's difficult because sometimes we don't know what's go around, and some companies they have to change. They have a good idea, they have to change the idea to go around the market and or the costs. And sometimes you know this this up and happen and a mistake, and the companies are evolving. But if if a company make a mistake, and we are go straight away and. Batch completely the mistakes and don't let them, sort don't give them the options to sort it out we are creating more problems for us as a simulation because after the yeah, company yeah. don't want to do, you know, I'm going to arrive a, a day that uh, I think no company wants to do a game because every time someone put a game is always a problem. Every time someone putting a... Well, the other, the, I mean, the other thing is
1: like, I think people sometimes complain as a sport. Oh yeah. Because, oh, yeah. you know, that's, you guarantee that's, that's people, the people that will, will, will say that. That's 100%. Like, you know, the, 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 the fan attack, quick releases is rubbish and they probably got the CSLDD and the mclaren wheel and a rally wheel and when the new one comes out they'll buy that one as well anyway <laughs> like, but it doesn't stop them from 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 complaining and having their having their say but then you know that's that's sadly part of the part of the world that yeah. we're in because you kind of have an, animi- an anonymity um online and uh you know most people i speak to will say like well, they don't listen to the the comments they're good at blocking it out but i remember um i did a podcast uh it's probably a year ago maybe just over a year ago with chris hay yeah. and i was chatting to him about um the feedback that that he gets and you know how he deals with it if it's negative and he was like if it's nonsense it doesn't bother me right? if it's just people just talking rubbish about generic they don't like me essentially it doesn't doesn't affect him at all if someone comes in and says, um, you know, I, I think the, the set design at the back is getting a little flat, you know, I think the lighting could be better that he'll properly yeah. like drill down on and be like, okay, right. That's somebody who's made a complaint, but it's constructive. You know, did they need to, could they have just been like nice video? Like, but, but then that he'll like go into that in detail. Right. But, but then you've got like, um, you know, Will Ford, uh, Tweeted or Xed or whatever it is yesterday or the day before yesterday.
0: Uh, he's looking fat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Somebody That's just right. says you're looking fat. And he's <laughs> like, "Oh, well, I've lost ten kilos and I'm, you know, I'm working <laughs> me, on it." And for me, you in know, the... like, but, but like, what? My question is like, where do you have to be in life to <laughs> to feel like that is an okay thing to say
0: to somebody? Or you're going to have nothing to do? I think from the last ones, the most funny I I saw was again to gamer muscle mm-hmm. James. That I think is one of the most nice persons that I met is so welcome and so nice person. And they was saying to him that he should not do any reviews of sim racing because he don't drive. Because he doesn't drive. (laughs) So if you don't know, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So I, I I wanted to answer to the person and said, probably you are a Max Verstappen (laughs) fan and you remember that Max Verstappen went went to Formula One. He didn't have a driving license. Exactly. You know, because. People forgot, for example, like I say, Master Verstappen when he went Formula One, he didn't have a driving mm. license, actually, because he was seventeen. He, he so he could not drive in in some uh, uh, in some countries. So they they have to to drive him. So it was quite funny that part. So I say you have a guy that is one probably of the best Formula One drivers, and when he started, he didn't have mm. a driving license. So one thing is not you know <laughs> it's not balanced the other one. Yeah. But come on, when the, that one from Will when they come to Gamer Muslims are complaining because of. Uh, you uh, don't know what to drive on real life so what can, okay i actually
1: didn't know that and um we're getting james on the show quite soon um and i will maybe make that my number one question like how how do you how do you sleep at night man doing what you do without a driving license <laughs> but like but this is the thing right you know we're talking about passionate people so James is fun. like I love James's content because it's so different like he does a lot yeah. of sim racing but he also does Microsoft Flight Simulator and I've also watched a stream of his where he just went for a walk he just went for a walk uh, like you know in the morning just to get some fresh air and he was just chatting away about about life I you know it, I uh and the first time I met him in person I think it was the first time maybe it was the second because I met him at Nürburgring Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I was uh in the Canadian embassy in London for the uh release of D boxes, uh fifth generation actuators. Um, and they had a couple of rigs there and some drivers and whatnot. Um, and I started chatting to James, and then afterwards he was like, "Do you want to go for a, a walk? What are you doing now?" I was like, "Well, at some point I'll get the train back to Newcastle, but yeah, we can go for a walk." So he just went. He just we just went on this walk around uh, the Thames. Um. It's about an hour. And he was giving me like a historical tour saying this is what this monument is. And it's it's about this, that and the other. And it's about this event. And then this building over here is that. And I was like, this guy just loved to yep. give. He just loves to kind of, you know, just share. And I absolutely loved it. And then, you know, Ricardo, you mentioned before, um, random cool sign, exactly the same. Like, you know, he he's very zany, very wacky. I've been fortunate enough to meet him a lot of times at um, various expos and stuff, and he's exactly the same, right? He's exactly the same. He is just a character. We have all these great characters crammed into such a small industry. We're very, very lucky.
0: Exactly. That's, that's the thing I don't understand because you need to remember that sim racing is like an escape for us of doing something that we cannot do. You no, know, we cannot go on a mm. truck and uh, blast uh, an F1 car or a F4 car or a GT car. You're never going to have the money and after being able to have the possibility run. to do and a lot of the people that do content creators i don't want to discriminate anyone uh, so if i say something wrong i'm sorry but a lot, all of us have our uh bad thing our devil side you know some of us don't have a very strong uh, mental health or we don't have a very uh or we have some type of like i say some types of autism that we are more smart than some type of or we are just so we are persons that probably we use it for an escape, and this negativity, these type of things, sometimes is is sad, you know. Is I don't know why, because mm-hmm. people forget a guy that put a video, or you do a podcast, or you do whatever. You take time of your life to do something that you like it. So if you're gonna be negativity, at least like it's like Chris I say, give me something that's gonna be, gonna help me to understand yeah. where I make a mistake. I, yesterday I went to random callsign to uh, because he's been helping me a lot, so I went there to to say thank you and uh, to give him a, a present for for everything he's been helping me. And I showing something that I saw in the morning that was a random guy, no no name. I think the name is Altuist or something. Go on uh, Reddit, of course. i have always to be Reddit. Go on Reddit and and put oh I love uh, Jardier, I love. Um, Uh, Random call sign of these guys, and after put two names that they are bloody awful, and put my name, and put the name of other other person that I never meet, meet. and and was like this, (laughs) just just like this. Give me, give me. I'm I'm new on sim racing. Give me uh, good uh, examples or something. (laughs) (laughs) At least explain why (laughs) my content is not good or something, you know, or explain my why. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, just it's sad really because I guess it's their way of feeling powerful. Could be, could be, like could be, it,
0: could yeah. be. I, I don't know. It's 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 strange. I was expecting when I jumped on sim racing, I'm telling you, that sim racing would be a little bit more welcome. Because you always see mm. the videos and people are so welcome on the videos. I never realized that there's such uh negativity surrounding that we need to change it. Of course. Well, uh, I would,
1: I would say that I'd say that there's, I would say that I think there is more positivity than negativity. Yeah, that's that, that The negativity is often louder. Like a lot of people will see something that they really like, smile, enjoy it, and move on to the next thing without leaving a comment, and that's fine. That's totally fine. Whereas, uh, you know, it's like restaurants, right? You, you're far more likely to get a negative review for a restaurant than a positive review, or the same with a hotel. Like, do you ever go to a hotel and say everything was fine? The room was clean. It was quiet. I slept well. Like people just don't have time for that. Whereas if you go into a room and it's dirty, you take a picture, you put it on Google. Like this is outrageous. I want a discount. Blah 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 blah. blah. And it's the same in sim racing. You know, people, people, a lot of people spend, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of hours every day, every week watching sim racing content that they enjoy. But not everyone will comment. Uh, positively, and that's totally fine. That's you know, that's that's just that's just the reality of it. But um, you know, if you're listening, give Gearheads a
0: nice positive review uh, on the uh, you know Spotify. Yeah, there's a thing. One of the things that I I want to ask you is how we can break as a podcast on sim racing, make the people interact. Because mm. a lot of times when we do the audio parts, that where you and me have a little bit more the our retentions and our views, we cannot have the interaction with the people. And after the people that see your podcast, they will not go because they're already here on the uh, audio. They will not go to see the, well, the video.
1: What we're what we're trying to do, I'd be interested to get your opinion on this, but what we're trying to do is get our do essentially do like a pre-recording campaign. Just could be just a couple of days, right? But um, you know, we've got um literally like in two hours time, I'm uh, I've got uh Swelio Almeida on the podcast. Um, and so for the last few days, we've been messaging, in our discord, our Facebook group, our Twitter, Instagram stories saying we've got Swelio on the, the show, drop in any questions that you've got. And then at the end of the interview, I'll ask questions from, um, you know, our listeners. Um, and actually what I want to do is I want to try out the voice notes, um, that you can do on Spotify. So you can, you can ask questions on voice notes. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's possible on Discord, but yeah. So allowing so that rather than just reading out somebody's question and reading out their username, actually having the the, the listener like ask the question and then everyone else hears their voice and then it feels a bit more real. Because um, I've listened to a couple of podcasts where I'm fairly sure the questions from the visitors are, from the the listeners they're definitely made up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they. So. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. I think. Sim racing is already, like I say, it's already a very narrow niche when we go to talk about that. And after even on the podcast, we even are even narrow, 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 even, even more. So a lot of the people, they say to me that they mm-hmm. listen the podcast uh, because they go in a car and suddenly, you know, appear there on the, when they top up the Spotify, appear there, the mm-hmm. option and they, they listen. And uh, and I think is it, that, that what you need to do? But in terms of, I don't know, it's, it's difficult on the podcast, so I want to ask you, how you manage to get the different styles and the different guests? Because even inside of Steam Racing, you have a, a big pool of people doing it, you know, you have from esports to arcade uh, guys to more hardcore. So how you narrow everything? I'd love to say that there's some kind of process. <laughs> I really don't think <laughs> There's no plan. there is. So it's like me, I,
1: you know. It's uh, There's no it's, plan. You know, I, I'm so deep in the sim racing world that you know my my Instagram feed, Twitter feed, Facebook feed, my emails, my 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 uh, list of meetings every week. Like everybody that I see, interact with, speak with, meet with, partner with, everybody is in sim racing. And so these opportunities. I was in a meeting this morning um, with a great organization um that are doing some stuff with the FIA um like really really cool i think they're going to come in with a bit of a bang um and immediately like they're on my list now of you know I'll invite them to the podcast because they've got a really cool story to tell they're building something really really cool um like you know grid find is going to get involved with it which would be great like you know there's there's opportunities all the time like i think when you're in that world 24/7 yeah. um you know the opportunities come to you like we haven't yet done a repeat episode we haven't yet had the same person on twice um but to be honest with you i think we've been going long enough now that we could and it'd be fine and also stuff is happening right so you know um
0: yeah yeah, like you know so we yeah
1: like the people we had right at the beginning like um our first episode was uh was random call sign and then i think it was matt Sten from track racer and uh then i think it was stefan from D Box um but even then like matt Sten, for example so you know since uh since we spoke to him he's done a huge amount he's brought out a whole new product with the trx he's got he's now uh announced i don't know when they're actually coming out but he's announced an electronics line so they're going to be doing wheels wheelbases pedals button boxes like a full suite of okay. sim racing equipment um they've got the alpine sponsorship he seems to be you know hugging Pierre Gasly every other week like it's like that's all since the last episode so you know most of the guests that we have from the beginning of, of the show we could bring back on and, and have some totally different things to talk about yeah. um that would be really interesting for for the list and, and for me to be honest with you and that's you know I ask I, I am a sim racer right so I ask questions that I'm interested in assuming That they're probably interesting for other people as well
0: exactly and you do a lot of sim racing with uh with this busy life or the sim racing still quite difficult on a daily basis it's not as much as i would like very (laughs) annoyingly um (laughs) i think so we we have a
1: rig in the office Yeah, yeah so we have an office in newcastle with six of us that work there and uh our first sponsorship for the podcast was Track Racer and they sent us a TR uh one eighty with the rally seat, which is great. We got some Hoys and belt um pedals on it. Uh, and we got a CSL dd Although we've just got a new sponsorship with Aztec, and Aztec is sending us a, a Forte bundle. So we'll have the Forte wheelbase, Forte pedals, and uh the Forte rim, which I'm very excited for. Um but no, me, so uh, most of my stuff went to the office for the rig um and actually the space behind me is allocated for a rig very soon so okay. i need to get one back at home because when i'm in the office i'm usually very very busy um so I, but but we have a hot lap competition in the office I, I think you know i do two or three sessions on the rig a week which is more than most people but it's i want to do more um i also want to join some leagues and communities and and you know start being more of a user on Gridfinder. Um, okay. I just haven't had the time, um, but yeah, I do miss it. But I'm very excited. I'm very excited, especially for you know, a set of course for two late, late next year, if not early 25. Um, I'm kind of excited about Le Mans Ultimate
0: mainly for a couple of reasons, right? Um, I don't know now. Yeah, but now with the, with the fog. No,
1: I know, I know, I know, I know. But but hear me out, right? Hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah. A Le Mans is very freaking cool, and I would love to do Le Mans racing. But B, if you were Motorsport Games, and you're like, right, we need to do some damage limitation. We need to really fix our reputation, and we need to turn this ship around. You've just got rid of the IndyCar license. You got rid of the NASCAR license. um You know, you're, you're just selling everything off left, right, and center. Traction GG's gone, right? The only thing that you have left is Studio Three Ninety Seven and the new game that's coming out, Le Mans Ultimate. You've got rid of a lot of staff who were working on other projects. Like that Le Mans Ultimate game has to be perfect. Like it, like they cannot get away with just launching any old nonsense. Like that has to be otherwise, that like there's no future, right? So that it, everything is pinned, I think, on that game. So maybe I say excited maybe like more in terms of curiosity and, and like a deep desire that they get it right. Like it would be, I just really hope they get it right.
0: I, I um, agree. I agree with you. But
1: yeah, yeah. you so I, think, saying, um, I agree
0: with you because I think again, what we speak about the negativity and everything, what happened with motorsport games in 2022 two. is not what happened with the new CEO and everything. It was another CEO was another ideas and the company Suddenly, get a lot of money, and mm-hmm. after them was uh, lies to NASCAR. There uh, was a financial a thing that was beyond. I think the problem of the company on the games probably don't result, was not even a problem of the devs because a lot of them apparently was not even been paid. As you really remember, it was some devs that was asking for payments so it was something there that could be not only from the gaming part, but from the financial and the way of having the company. So I think now they, St- Stephen, have to. Clean everything, and it's a lot of things to to do before we everything go go right. So I think they are probably clean everything that they can to make, like you say, just the next product make the product right. And if the product don't go well, okay, that's the, what's going to happen to the company. But I really hope that is a good product. Well, at least the image are are looking good. Uh, and I, I didn't I didn't try it, but for people that try it, let's say that was going good. The, the new online on Art Factor 2 is going better than was expected. The new online mode, so I think we have some positives. And the same thing to GTR uh, Revival. I think the image, look, they look They look juicy. Mm. They look really pretty. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You need, you need good games, you know, I think. You know. I don't know. We need to, to change a little bit the mentality of and, and give time, because on these days, even outside of uh, sim racing, tell me a game that came and was perfect from the first day to the, uh, the last one. I don't want to remember any game, no? All them have some backlash. Back <sighs> Goldeneye. Goldeneye was, Goldeneye okay. was perfect. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, think, I think it's changed, <laughs> no? So let's, let's see. I, I hope so. And in terms of GridFinder, let me only to, to wrap or start wrapping the podcast. What's going to be the next step for GridFinder as a company?
1: So we have uh we we launched our like league management service uh about twelve weeks ago, right? So uh we've built a baseline now where communities that are advertising on Gridfinder looking for new drivers, they can now go on and create race calendars. And let's say you're a community that you do uh fours on Xbox on a Tuesday, i Racing on PC on a Wednesday, and F one on Playstation on a Friday, like crazy schedule if that's what you do but if you did do that you could have all of it on grid finder in the same place so you can have all of your um drivers registered to your community community on grid finder you can create calendars um, for each of those uh, leagues each of the leagues will have a championship the championship could run for whatever it is six weeks 10 weeks 12 weeks whatever you want it to run for all of the um the results either you can drop just result files in and it automatically reads the results file put it in and updates all the standings or if it's, um, if it's a console game that doesn't have that integration, then you can just manually drag and drop. So we've d- done a system where the drivers who are registered for the race, when the race is finished, you get um, uh, a race results screen where you can just go see all the drivers that are registered, drag and drop them into the right positions, hit submit, and away you go um you can create your like point systems and and all the rest of it uh we've got a split management system so if you um if you run multiple splits then you can manage you can create that and manage it you can move people from splits you know mid-season as well and and you know points carry across or don't depending on what you want to do we have a driver um class system so you can have like pros pro dams if you want to uh you could have you know whatever you want. some some do like a gold silver bronze and you have to build up points to get to them um so that's kind of where we're where we're at uh it's about 12 weeks ago and we've had some communities testing it but the um the big things that are coming out is we've got a whole lot of tools for uh livery sharing um uh broadcaster and commentary dashboards um uh, coaching, booking and payment systems. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, just so commentary, uh, commentators and broadcasters, uh, engineers, so setups, um, so you can upload your, your setups and share those, um, livery designing coaching time. Like there's just, we, we're trying to kind of build out roles and experiences on the platform for not just the drivers, right? So if you're a member of a community, but you're a steward, you have a steward profile, and then there's a stewarding dashboard. So when you can review incidents through the platform, and then you can submit votes, etc., um, for the um, for the the, the, the way that you know the direction that the the decision is going. So yep. red car versus yep. blue car, so, whatever. Okay. Um. So yeah, that's what we that's what we're building. Uh, we built the baseline of it, which we're really, really happy with. We uh, we spent the last four weeks just going through. We're doing a huge uh, update to our API essentially speeding up the site and also opening up for uh, third party integrations uh, with it, um, which we're really excited about. Uh, we've got a huge partnership that we um, are now through the kind of not negotiation phase, but the, the kind of uh, planning phase. And we're now working on our first project together with essentially the world's largest esports integration engine. So. I can't say who they are, but they're a company that essentially builds these community integrations directly into games, which is obviously
0: incredibly exciting for us. Um, we get automated data from. Um, I think I think everyone can understand the, the which one you were we talking about. I think just for what you say, we don't say the name, but yeah, we know we know what you're talking about. Could be anyone. Could be anyone. Um, which is very
1: very exciting. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's exciting because it gives a bit more back to the communities because the communities will get data, um, you know, automatically and you'll be able to do a lot of stuff inside the game on it. Um, so you still have your profiles and whatnot uh, on GridFinder and you'll still have a, uh, we're building, uh, I won't say that, but we're, we're, we're building we're building like a, a gamification loyalty systems. We're going to allow communities to charge memberships. Um, so we're not going to have a membership, right? So GridFinder is totally free, totally, 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 totally free um we're going to have some options but we're not doing we're not you're not going to have to pay for like features it'll be things like if you want to boost your league to the top of the search results for a little while you'll be able to pay for that and if you want to charge members a membership fee or you want donations or you want um to collect a prize pool for example like an entry fee we're going to be facilitating all of that it's all going to be transparent so that your community members can see right this month we've had I don't know what it is. Let's, let's say 100 pounds in in membership fees, 50 pounds in donations. We've spent 75 pounds on commentary and broadcasting, and 75 pounds is a prize pool for this championship. And you'll be able to see where everything um, is going, so that it's you know it's transparent. And so that's the that's the 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 vision um, behind it. Um, we are just about to increase our development team, so we have. Um, Four developers, one UI/UX designer, uh, full time uh, working on the project. We're about to increase that team um, in the next uh, couple of months, probably after Christmas. Um, now, uh, yeah, so we're, so we're, you know, we we we're, we're starting to grow quite quickly, uh, which is exciting. And the product next year, I'm very excited for the roadmap between now and like next August is nuts. So we're kind of gearing up for the the winter season at the end of 24 that's when we're going to be like okay we've arrived um so yeah it's a really exciting it's a really fun challenge um we're very much open to collaboration so you know if you have a tool for telemetry if you have a tool for livery packaging or if you have a tool for uh like in-game overlays any all of that sort of stuff we want yep. to collaborate partner integrate and then you know uh support so we want to kind of be a baseline that all of this stuff is, is mounting onto which is why there hasn't been a huge amount of updates on the site recently because we're building that that foundational layer of connectivity the api stuff i was talking about um so yeah it's really exciting it's really good fun i just freaking love that every day i get to walk into the office and just do a full day of sim racing stuff if on it. Very, exactly. very, very rarely actually
0: simmer <laughs> yeah but th- that's a dream no? yeah yeah no it's good it's really good yeah okay I, I, I was saying I think people when you do something that you like it independent what, what it is and if something that's been you happy make the job much more easy and uh, as we we're talking about the negativity and everything make all that disappear and make you focus on provide the best service that you can do 100% totally agree all right, Tom. Thanks so much for uh, joining me on on my podcast. I know that we are uh, doing the same type of of, <laughs> of job on different ways. Uh, you you approach team racing probably in a more more professional way than I I do it because I'm more amateur. You have a team behind it. In my case, it's just just it's just me. Oh no, mate!
1: We're we're both like we're a bit, I'm an amateur too, and I always always will be an amateur. And that's the the beauty of it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I agree, we, we, are, every day we, we learn something that we always think, why I never think about this one, why, why I'm doing this way, and I, I can see, for example, that you are, uh, even on your shorts, you are changing a little bit, you're already putting the voosh when you change the, you know, the cameras change, you know, this type of thing that we need to do to keep uh, tracking the retention. Yeah, iterating, of, just
1: oh, testing, oh. just test, 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 hey, test, exactly. test, always test.
0: Exactly, exactly. Even if you don't like it, you know, you need to do it because it's the way that the market unfortunately works. So we need to adapt ourselves, uh, you know, to do this one. And I think you guys are doing a great, great job. I think. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I think you guys, in terms of uh, podcast, when I did my last episode, uh, when I was giving options, because sadly Traxxio uh, finished, I was giving options on the same way that Traxxio was doing. Uh, so the podcast, the first one was yours. And after I think it's iRacing Downshift. That's another podcast that's going very well. And after some someone in German and, um, and of course you mentioned Chris, Chris way. Once again, I, I hope Chris way is doing, doing well. I hope everything on his life will go on the way that he can come back to sim racing because I think for me is one of the voices that I miss more in sim racing, I'm I I'm, must I'm say, mm. I think his knowledge, his yeah. way right. of doing everything was, was perfect. I really enjoy his, his content on uh, being on podcast or being on, on a video it was always great. So I really hope one day he can yeah, come back. He's doing okay. And thanks again, once again for being with me. Thanks, thanks for having me. For-